good morning. Lovely to see you all. Just excuse me while I just get set up. Still getting used to my own pulpit. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get comfortable, but uh, anyway, the Lord provides. The Lord is good. Okay. Sorry, I'm having a mind blank here while it won't open. If you have your Bibles, can you please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Cold fingers. All right. Well, good morning again, and thank you for the opportunity to come and preach at this wonderful celebration. Uh, before I preach, I should just send my greetings and love from Coffs Harbour Bible Church. We've really appreciated being able to serve alongside you, and you are certainly a blessing to us, certainly been a blessing to myself individually, uh, but uh, I know as a church, the, the church in Coffs express their appreciation and their greetings. We continue to pray for the Lord to continue to bless in our future endeavors, our camps, our, our preaching, um, and just friendship. It's just wonderful to see a Christian, extended Christian family. Now this morning I'll be sharing from 1 Thessalonians 5.11, but to put your pastors at, eve, at ease, I did preach a lot in Thessalonians during college. I have preached from other places in the Bible, um, so I just want you to know that I'm not still there. I am a very slow mover, um, but I'm I'm certainly preaching from some other books, but we're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 this morning. And uh, it's a short verse, but it's a good one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And I'm assuming you already do. But that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let's pray first, and then we'll get into the message. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can be in here out of the cold. We can be warm together. And I just pray now that you just warm our hearts through your word. I pray that you would speak through me, and just that we would draw closer to you through your message in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you can remember when you were going through a difficult time, and someone has said or done something comforting for you. Now, hopefully you're not going through a difficult time and thinking no one cares. <laughs> uh, that, would be, that would be sad. But I wonder if you can remember a special time where there was a difficult circumstance, you were suffering in some way, and somebody provided some comfort for you. Perhaps someone just gave you a caring smile. That can do wonders sometimes. Sometimes that's all that's needed sends a, a much bigger message. Or maybe they provided you with some practical comfort like a hug or a meal or something that expressed their care for you. Or maybe they gave some words of comfort. All those things are wonderful. They can be very comforting. And if you remember these times, then you know that receiving comfort can have a powerful effect on our hearts. And I think, though, when we are giving comfort, when we're providing or we're thinking, maybe we're contemplating 
trying to do something comforting. I think we can underestimate and maybe underrate this ministry. I think we don't often see the fruit that it bears and the way that it can affect people's hearts. Just the other night, I had another Christian say something comforting to me. Out of the blue, they simply said, I don't often ask how you pastors are doing, but I hope you're doing okay and we appreciate your ministry. Now, don't get me wrong, every Sunday I get people come up and say kind things and I think they're obliged to shake my hand. <laughs> they, they see everybody else do it. Um, but you know, I, sh- I, should, I shouldn't think, be cynical and, and they express their appreciation. But that comment from this gentleman was out of the blue. I don't really have this type of relationship where you know, they, they have to comp- you know, reassure me or you know, we, we haven't sat down and had deep and meaningfuls over coffees. That's just not our relationship. I have that with some people, but not this, this person. But when this saint said those comforting words, it really touched me. Uh, even thinking about it now is making me feel, you know, really warm. <laughs> My throat's feeling a bit bigger and I'm getting a little bit, you know, water in the eyes. But um, it was just very timely, very comforting. Now, granted, it was a cold night and we're out in the dark after church, <laughs> but it meant a lot. I'm not certain that they realised the effect that it had on me at the time. And I didn't want to make a big deal. I didn't want to set up some, you know, dynamic where they need to flatter me and reassure me every every Sunday. I didn't want that at all. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. But looking back on it, I think it was a very thoughtful thing that they did and it brought me comfort at just the right time. Proverbs 25.11 says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver and it was gold i know the lord would have appreciated it Uh, i certainly did gave me a comforting word just the right time and this morning i want to speak on christian comfort because i think it is an underrated ministry i think i think it is i think it's a very powerful thing and it's something that we all need regardless of who you are maybe yeah, whoever, whatever role you have in the body of Christ. Firstly, I want to talk about the suggestion of Christian comfort in this passage. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now, Paul obviously knew that they were already doing it, and, and, and that is good. And I know that your church is already doing it. I know I've experienced comfort from, from some of you, whether it's been through my college years, uh, whether it's been when I'm nearly pulling my hair out at a kid's camp, or whether I'm in Fiji and very unwell. Um, you know, I've experienced your comfort, a lot of you. You probably don't realise that that was very comforting, what you did, but I can still remember it clear as day. I can remember where I was and where those words touched my heart. So this need for comfort is not a new idea and Paul knew that the Thessalonians were doing this, that it was something that was necessary. Ever since the fall of man, we have all needed comfort. We all suffer under the curse of sin and death. We know that passage in Romans 5.12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Likewise, it says in Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. 
And we are all part of that whole creation that suffers in pain together. Yes, everything is affected by this curse. And so the need for human comfort exists as we face all manner of difficulties and suffering. And we're going to go through different challenges, if not already, but we all have that universal suffering because of sin. Whether it be in the frailty in our human flesh or the difficult environments that we live or work in, or the spiritual battles that we have to wrestle with from time to time, all of us need comfort at times. This is not just for sensitive or soft people. No, everybody has a need for comfort at some point or another. You know, even wise King Solomon recognised this universal need. In Ecclesiastes 4, he wrote these words, verse 9 and 10, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labour. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. We all need help at times. And people are meant to comfort one another. That's why Paul told the church at Thessalonica to comfort one another, because they were going through difficult times. He knew what they were going through. This is actually spoken about a couple chapters earlier, back in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 14. Let's jump over there and have a look at the difficult times they were going through. First Thessalonians 2, 14 says, this is Paul writing to the church, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. These Christians were being persecuted and threatened not to preach the gospel. And as the world becomes more anti-Christian, comforting Christian relationships in our church are going to be very necessary, even more so. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous or difficult times shall come. And that's, you know, the last days can be very specific, but I believe that is, is, is more broadly talking about uh, the, from the time of Christ to his return, not necessarily confined to the tribulation. Likewise, Hebrews 10.25 identifies a greater need for Christian comfort in the days leading up to the day of the Lord's return. Hebrews 10.25, we know this verse, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting. That word exhorting is the same word as comfort back in 1 Thessalonians 5. It's, it's the same one, paracleto. But exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So Christian comfort is needed during difficult times, and even more so as we are coming closer to the Lord's return. We're just... Uh, Pastor Kendall and I were just talking about how much time's flying, isn't it flying? It's already halfway through the year and it's, it's, it's hard to believe. Well, as time flies by, we need to keep comforting one another, comforting one another in the faith. And that is why Paul made this suggestion. They were going through great trials. They were going through persecution. 
Paul and Silas had been separated from them from their own persecution and uh, they definitely needed to comfort one another. Secondly, we see the substance of Christian comfort. This word comfort, we, we need to understand what this means because as we know, the word love has different meanings in our world, doesn't it? The world describes love in one way, uh, but we know that the biblical love is, uh, is different. So what is this comfort which Paul speaks of? Well, firstly, the biblical word for comfort is a verb. This is an action word. It's not just seeing another person in need and feeling sympathy for them. That is wonderful. That's, that's sympathy. It's good to be sympathetic and to have empathy for others. But if you're going to comfort, it actually requires action. And we need to be willing to leave our own comfort zones at times to show comfort. That brother that I was talking about earlier, they left their comfort zone of a warm car and they stood out in the car park and I don't know, it's not a huge thing, but it was a huge thing for me. And they were willing to, to provide some comforting words and uh, yeah, they gave me their time and, and it was a blessing. And likewise, we need to be willing to leave our comfort zone comfort zone to comfort others especially when our Christian brethren are suffering sometimes that's going to be a big um, a big thing and sometimes it's just going to be little but have big effects and the word comfort also is an imperative verb it's a verb that's put in the imperative mood this is meaning that it's a command in the scripture this means that we should not just show comfort when it's convenient and it always fits in our schedule. No, it's, it's, it's something that's commanded. If we left it just for the times when it's convenient, it would never happen. Finally, we should understand the literal meaning of this word comfort. The word comfort is, as I said, is the Greek word parakaleo, and this is an English translation of two words. Para, meaning beside, and call, or kaleo, which is to call beside. So, Here's an illustration to try and convey the literal understanding of this word comfort. I want you to imagine that you're walking out in the rain to the shops and you have an umbrella. Then you see another person that's yet absolutely drenched. They're just getting pelted by the rain and they obviously look miserable and discouraged. Maybe they're carrying their shopping, they're carrying their own burdens. They're trying to get to the, their own car and they're, they're trying to get through the rain. But the one with the umbrella then calls or invites the other person to come near beside them. Okay? They're, they're able to provide some relief. They're not going to be able to make their life perfect to solve every problem, but they're just providing some comfort. It's not a huge thing. They're just using what they got, the umbrella. That's, that's, that's what they're doing. This is what happens when Christians show comfort to one another. We're not expected to give what we don't have. We're meant to just provide what we can to be a comfort. We notice a suffering saint and then we actively call or invite them into a close relationship with us where we try and comfort them, encourage them in the faith. Because the world's going to try and give them comforts. Their flesh is going to try and give them comforts. It could be eating, comfort eating. It could be technology, distractions, scrolling. You know, we have all these ways. And if we are 
actively doing the comforting as the saints. We're going to provide people opportunities to, to be comforted in the faith. Thirdly, we see the source of Christian comfort. Now, the ultimate source. Now, we are to be comforters, but the ultimate source of Christian comfort is God. Please turn over to 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Second Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of a little bit of comfort. Oh, it says, the God of all comfort. This tells us that our God is the God of all comfort. So he is obviously the source of a Christian's comfort. And this word all is very significant. It means he has enough comfort for all people who are willing to receive it. It also means he can comfort us in all types of struggles and all types of needs. Likewise, he possesses all comfort. So it's like a bottomless pit in a good way. It's, his reservoir of comfort is inexhaustible. Yes, sometimes I, th- I think we can... We, we think that it just has limited application, particularly with more complex matters. This is something that I came across quite a, quite a lot when I was previously a counsellor and as a, that was my previous profession. I was a counsellor and a Christian counsellor. And one of the things that I found in uh, Christians, particularly in conservative circles, uh, was they, they, they struggled with uh, understanding that God can still be relevant and be a comfort with all manner of, of, uh, of difficulties, particularly in like, things like mental health. That's something that I worked a lot in. And so I was trying to help them also go to the scriptures and say, look, actually, can you see that these characters that we're reading about, they struggle with the same stuff. They're made of the same stuff as us. And guess what? They've got the same God as us, the same God that gave them comfort and helped them. So let's not forget God in this. We can consult others. We can consult even other experts, but it would be a miss to forsake the God of all comfort, the one who made us and knows us better than anyone, the God who wants to comfort us in the best possible way. Because the Bible is full of comfort. There are promises and encouraging words that God has spoken to us. And although God has already comforted so many in the past, and we thank God that we can read about this in our scriptures, He is still willing and still able to be a comfort to us. And one of the ways he does this is through his people. Yes, we can have direct comfort through prayer and through reading his word, but he also wants the church to have a ministry of comforting one another. And so, don't just always, you know, you don't just have to give someone two two verses and go, there you go. You can actually sit and be a comfort. Yes, give them verses. Talk to them about those verses. Talk to them about the wonder of God and the comfort that, that God has given you and, and be a comfort because God wants you to be that comfort. This leads to my next point, which is the server of Christian comfort. 
1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Comfort yourselves together. Paul is encouraging the Christians to do this. God provides his Christian comfort for this very purpose. Just as he provides us the gospel and salvation, he doesn't want it to just us to keep it to ourselves. He wants us to share it with others. Likewise, when he comforts us, he wants us to be able to pass it on. Back in that passage there, 2 Corinthians 1.3, says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Please note, this is not saying that every Christian who has experienced a trial will be good at comforting others. Sometimes that, you know, that can happen, but it's, oftentimes it's not. A Christian may remain bitter with God about their own suffering and they're certainly not going to be a good comfort to others. But a Christian who has God's comfort, who has experienced that and knows and remembers that, is going to be well-placed to comfort other Christians in any trouble. Not just the kind of trouble that they've experienced, but any trouble. Though we all have different experiences, this principle still applies. Even if we haven't experienced the exact same trials of our fellow Christians, what's most important is that we have experienced the same comfort of God. If that is true, then we are well-placed to share God's comfort with other believers when they're suffering. I think sometimes we think we can't comfort people because we haven't been through what they've been through. That doesn't mean we can't help, based on the scripture. In fact, sometimes we can even help them better because we're not having, if we haven't had the same experience as someone else, then we can be more objective when we provide God's comfort. And we don't mistakenly read or confuse our own experiences into someone else's. Either way, though, if, if God has comforted us, then we can and should serve him by comforting other saints. So, this is just I hope, uh, an encouragement to comfort one another. I imagine there's a, a lot of need for comfort. Sometimes we're, we're not aware and you know, maybe we need to check in first. <laughs> So this morning, we've looked at the ministry of Christian comfort and just in, in four, four aspects of it. The Apostle Paul thought highly of this ministry and he thought that the saints were more than capable to do it. The suggestion of Christian comfort, especially during difficult times and the days before Christ's return. And the substance of Christian comfort, which is a close relationship between the saints of encouraging one another in the faith, just giving what you can, just doing what you can, but being a comfort. But remembering the source of Christian comfort comes from God. That's the ultimate source. And if we are tapped into that, that endless reservoir of God's comfort, then we can certainly share it to others, which led us to the fourth point, which is the server of Christian comfort. And if you've been comforted through salvation, and through comfort through your trials, then you can certainly be a comfort to others. Now, I'm only visiting this church briefly this morning, but I imagine there's already a lot of comfort 
going on. I don't want to assume that the glass is empty. <laughs> that, would be, um, that would be wrong. And as I said earlier at the beginning, I can remember, I can remember when I was a, a Bible college student here and I experienced comfort. I remember grappling with uh, just, just challenges, just holding different responsibilities and, and then the challenges of trying to follow the Lord's path. Uh, and, and your college pastors were a comfort to me. They helped me got through it, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> the Lord used them. Likewise, my own pastors, obviously, he used them. And others. He used uh, just, just people that could help practically, um, people that could help with fellowship. Now, not everybody could do the same thing, uh, but they, they all could be, there was a number of them that could be comforters. And we must remember that this is a ministry for all of us. We should never underestimate the power of Christian comfort. still very memorable, the way that God comforted me through some very difficult times. And so never underestimate it. Sometimes we won't see the impacts. That doesn't matter. If we've experienced God's comfort, then we should be willing to comfort others. Let's never forget or underrate this ministry, because the Apostle Paul didn't. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for uh, just the way that you comfort us through the scriptures. Lord, we want to thank you for the way that you've gifted different individuals in the church. And uh, Father, we, we might assume that just certain individuals can be the best comforters. Uh, but Lord, help us to just to know that we can give what we can, Father, and we never know how it will be. Uh, used in your kingdom. Father, we pray that you would help us to be comforting one another, uh, whether it's through words, uh, whether it's through presence, fellowship, practical comforts. We just pray that you would use us and we thank you for the comfort that we have in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.